Welcome to the Anti-Effects <laughs> Podcast. Today, me and Troy have a very special guest. He's been hiding for quite some time in the shadows. You might know him as AFX, Blue Cows, Bradley Strider, The Universal Indicator, Caustic Window, Gak, some other name I can't read, Polygon Window, Power Pill, Qtastic, Dice Man, The Toss, Soit, PP, and User 18081971. Please welcome to the podcast... Aphex Twin, official what's good, on Instagram. What's good? <laughs> How are you guys doing tonight? Ryan, Troy, pleasure to be on the podcast. Big fan. Yeah, yeah, man. Pleasure to have you on. Uh, I, it's amazing. I can't believe we've got Apex Twin official on Instagram <laughs> on our on our podcast. Like it's incredible. This is the official Aphex Twin official interview. Really, really hyped for this one. Um, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself, Mr. Twin. Uh, you're in the Twin Cities, correct? Or do you not want to say that? <laughs> we can hide that <laughs> if not. Yeah, you bring me on the, this podcast to just fucking dox me, I see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but nah, um, Your IP address me. is... <laughs> Damn, are we on Omega or something? Uh, nah. <laughs> Nah, yeah, so um, I'm Aphex Twin Official on Instagram. Uh, I started this page as a John Cryer fan account in <laughs> January 2021. <laughs> so I was in this was in this group chat. Somebody said, we need a John Cryer fan account. And so I created it. And... Then I was just uh, trying to sell bootleg two and a half men discs. <laughs> I got a few yeah. uh, few people that were interested in it, but um, I felt like mm-hmm. there wasn't really anywhere I could go with that. So I switched yeah. it. I mean, to... isn't that how you met? Um, isn't that how you met Ryan? Like you try to sell him like a Charlie Sheen autographed uh, bowling shirt? Yeah, that's exactly Wait. what happened. No way. <laughs> That was him. <laughs> God damn. I, I still need that shirt. I paid five hundred thousand dollars for it. My kids I, are hungry. I don't have the money for you. I don't know what to tell you. Honestly, I feel like on that show only one man is appreciated because the half man, I don't know anything about him. And John Cryer specifically, John Cryer is a real uh, uh champion because when Charlie Sheen left the show and he died, you know, his character died on the show and he was all unhinged, John Cryer Stayed there on that mediocre ass show, <laughs> and he pressed on. Well, he's a creator, I believe. I think he yeah. like is the. I might be mistaken, but I think he's like the main guy between Two and a Half Men. Yeah, yeah, he's he's one of the two. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of the two men. The two men on that show. <laughs> it got confusing because when they brought it back or when it kept going, like the half a man was like a third man, and then Ashton Kutcher was there too. It was a interesting time, I will say. Yeah, interesting time for uh, you know the golden age of television. But, Very interesting. But yeah, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the golden age of electronic music, uh, coming out of the late '80s, early '90s. I guess the golden age of pretty much like everything. Um, so we, we brought Mister uh, Mister Twin on here to basically <laughs> discuss. Call me yeah, we brought Richard on here. Richard! Oh, Richard! Uh-oh, Richard! <laughs> oh, wow! Uh, 
Oh, Richard. <laughs> I got to splice that clip in there. Um, anyway, we brought Richard on here basically to go through, you know, uh, his history as a musician, you know, from the late late 80s until now, essentially, pretty much going through his career. Uh, me and Troy just took a quick cursory look through his um, Wikipedia page, basically, and wrote down as many fun facts as we could. But, um, you know, obviously, we got Aphex Twin official here. So maybe maybe you can tell us exactly how you started. You know, where were you born? Uh, what was your favorite color as a child? Um, when did you learn how to ride mm. a bike? You know, just tell me all like the essentials. Yeah, yeah so I was, uh, I was born in Ireland. And fuck, I don't know. Favorite color? <laughs> My favorite color uh, was red because I actually have synesthesia. And whenever I'm, you know working on my homemade instruments um, that I used when I fucked around with old broken box TVs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always really trying to search for the color red in the sounds that I create. Hmm. Okay. And now let's see. What was your favorite food as, as a, uh, as a child? Who was your, who was your favorite first grade teacher? <laughs> Give us all the facts. Make some shit up. Yeah. Your mom's made a name too. Like while you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so my mom's maiden name, Johnson. <laughs> okay. And my, like, yeah, go my ahead. favorite teacher in first grade was uh, Mrs. Nedved. She's great. Okay, and uh, uh, let's see. What about your first pet's name? No, your second pet's name. My second pet's name? Well, uh, I'm looking at him right now, and um, his name is Peanut. He also uh-huh. responds to nut, okay. pizza, and okay. penis. Okay, got that. Okay, so we got your credit card information. I mean, we got your basic information. Uh, just don't look at your statements for the next couple of days. Um, if you see anti-art, you know, minus $500,000, um, that's just sweet payback for that shirt, buddy. Uh, <laughs> you still owe me this. <laughs> you still owe me that money. And I just took it. Yo, Ryan, if you want my credit card information, just ask. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. I'll tell it to you right yeah. now on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll <allow. laughs> That's a, yeah. You know, it's actually, we started the podcast uh, trying to scam people. I don't know if you listen, if you listen close to the other episodes, we're always just like, oh, really? Like, tell us about your fifth grade teacher. (laughs) Tell us about your hospital that you were born at and who, Mm -hmm. what celebrity do you look most like? What is it? Bank of America? Like, yeah. What's, Uh, uh, I don't know, the favorite street you grew up on? (laughs) Well, well, I got to tell you something because you just said Bank of America. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Girl Boy Song by Aphex Twin was used in a Bank of America commercial in 1996. Wait, where? (laughs) What country? Really? U.S.? America. Bank of America. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) Oh my god. That's why they call it that. (laughs) That, that, Okay, if we're going to talk about Aphex commercials, that's not even the best one, all right? Four was used in a U.S. government anti-drug campaign commercial. Oh my god. Really? Damn. The U.S. government fucking probably used that in Guantanamo Bay. Aphex Twin. (laughs) (laughs) Ford Hosbin on repeat. Oh my god. No, Ventolin, Ventolin. That would actually torture me. Cockveyor in reverse or something. Donkey rhubarb, just like bass boosted. Dude, that little scratch is just like what? I was like had it on the car, and I'm just like for the first time, like I put it in, in the car. I thought like my radio was scratching. I was like, oh wait a minute. Oh yeah, this, <laughs> this is gonna is be part an, of the song. This is gonna be an interesting. I don't know if you found the commercial Troy or not, but 
Four, uh, like a four Aphex Twin government commercial. Try that. But in, uh, Troy also, this is like his first time listening to Aphex Twin. This is like a series of episodes that, that we do. The, one of them was like the meme episodes where we interview meme pages. This is a different series. This is the Pilled series. And this is where I have Troy just listen to shit that he's never heard before and uh, see mm-hmm. what it does to him. It's basically like, the, what the fuck do you call those? Uh, MK Ultra experiments. You know what I mean? Where they gave people acid, <laughs> yeah, ex- but it's with music. I mean, I speaking of acid, they're very because um, you know I did, did my research on the FX Twin uh, after listening to them, and um, yeah, he did a ton of acid. Uh, was <laughs> it um, when we were looking through his history? Um, we found out like when he like first signed his first contract, he was high on acid. Um, yeah, he was high on acid, signed a contract as a DJ, and became the artist Apex Twin. From there, uh, recounted by James as I was high off my face, and they were waving these pen and papers in my this face pen yeah. and paper in my face mm-hmm. and it's just like damn <laughs> did you, <laughs> so, yeah, did this, you hear about it, this? this this was an acid trip yeah exactly this is during like the cornish uh scene down in south uh, england like where he first started at cornwall college and i think i went to cornwall college or something like that basically yeah do you know any, do you know any further information about this about this uh sketchy deal or any of that or that scene in general so i i do know that tom middleton who i believe is like another producer just Kind of from that like Cornish free party scene. Yeah, he was the man behind getting him high on some acid and making him sign a fucking deal. And I think that um, so I could be mistaken, but I think the Analog Bubble Bath EP is like the first, like yeah, that's the right. first thing they released mm-hmm. after signing that deal. Yeah, that's just some wild shit. And this, he said something uh, something to the effect of, like, if he never signed that deal, there would be no Apex Twin or something like that. Because, yeah, it's like an exploitative type of situation, I guess. But it's like, <laughs> it worked out really <laughs> well. <laughs> it worked out super well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little bit predatory, but, you know. It's still, yeah, like, I don't know. Tank. It's just, nah, yeah. He, he, like, honestly, like, you know, listening to him and just, like, going to his first, like, um, to his, like, first project, like, it was a pretty interesting uh, listen. Like, I feel like I haven't really listened. Like, there's not many artists out there like that sound a lot like Apex Twin. Like, he really stands out by just like without even saying anything, which is like really unique of him. Yeah, um, I I agree. It's it, it was cool uh, when he came out with his first album, and it was just like this like collection basically of like things that he's been doing for so many years, like for like seven years, I guess to be exact. Um, the selected ambient works, eighty five to ninety two. Uh, LP and listening to that one, that's like definitely. I mean, I'm. I guess it's like a normie pick or whatever, but it's my favorite Aphex Twin album. Um, I love everything about it from start to finish. Honestly, it's just like it, he he always picks like a new sound with each um song. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like X Tall is like the perfect opener. Like, yeah. For the whole like, I don't know for the whole like Aphex career as far as like studio releases go. Mm-hmm. And he, I feel like he really. Mm-hmm kind of pioneered that like ambient techno and IDM sound with that record. Um, I feel like the fact that there are so many like different styles on the album speaks volumes because I feel like there, there's so many other electronic artists that, you know, maybe, maybe take more influence from one track and do their own thing. And then Mm -hmm. take, you know, there are artists that take, influence from what's that fucking track it's not cornish acid it's um what's uh, a really acidy track on that album green cows yes yeah which that's like a whole different sound than 
fucking Extal or Da. Yeah, and even like Ageopolis was used by um what the fuck is that South African group? D Antwerd or Die Antwerd? Yeah, and they took him and they pretty much put him in blackface for the fucking music video. Um, <laughs> that was, I, it was a shameful moment. <laughs> I almost got banned because of that on Instagram because of that song's existence. Really? How how did that happen? Um so I I don't know if you saw I posted that there was going to be like a D Antwerd and Aphex twin collab or something. Mm-hmm. Um I was just kind of fucking around but somebody commented uh Aphex or D Antwerd would never work with Aphex twin and I responded back with ever heard the song Ugly Boy Ugly Boy mm-hmm. and um I almost got my account suspended <laughs> because of that. Damn. <laughs> Just because you put the same oh the, the song name twice, fucked up. <laughs> nah, you know they probably thought you were bullying the person because you were just like, you ever heard of Ugly Boy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're fucking ugly. <laughs> yeah, maybe I could play. How about that? Gotta say it twice. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe I could put a uh, splice a bit of that song in, in there. Yeah. This, that was probably like my first like real intro to Aphex Twins music. Honestly, like oddly enough, I was definitely into like that edgy kind of music back then. Like that, you, you know, it, it aged badly. You know, even like LMFAO and shit like that, which is aged horribly. But like, I think we all were though. Yeah, I think we all were, and uh, we're, mm-hmm. we all are, we all are party rockers deep down. But you know, that style definitely wore off. Um, but uh, where was I going with that? Oh, DM mm-hmm. word. Like I was, I I had listened to that song "Ugly Boy" by them, and I saw someone comment on YouTube. Oh, like this is an Aphex Twin song, Ageopolis, whatever. And then I looked it up, and I was like, damn, this song is like so much better. And then I like looked into his further shit, and I think I think as I got older, I got more into his music because like I don't know, it, it's like one of those things where you start off and you're like, it's like a Dark Souls boss that like hits you right off the edge immediately, and you're just like, nope, like I can't fuck with this. This is too confusing for me at, at this time. And then, I don't know, mm-hmm. I, as I got older, I had different Aphex Twin phases. Like, I remember maybe it was, like, 8th grade or ninth grade, I had, like, a um, an iPod, like, regular, uh, like, out of Classic or whatever, a video. And I loaded it up with a bunch mm-hmm. of a- Aphex Twin songs, ones that I found on forums and, and stuff like that. And um, I was just, like, had I was just trying to listen to it to, to be cool, essentially, to nobody, because nobody, like, cared. But I thought that it would be cool. And, uh, yeah, I, like, ripped through his all his discography and all these weird songs and i never quite got back into them until like this year so i think it's really fitting that we have you back on uh mr twin or richard call me dick <laughs> dick james <laughs> i'm dick james bitch rick d james <laughs> no i'm dick james <laughs> the, the d in my oh. The D stands for Dick as well. Dick, Dick James. <laughs> Dick, Dick James. <laughs> Dick, Dick James. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I actually heard D Antword and Aphex Twin for the first time in the same night. Um, I went to a show with some friends, and I was like fourteen, and we just had to kill some time, and we were just driving around downtown Des Moines. Um, just blaring come to daddy and um i think you freaky ugly boy mm-hmm. it was a good time and then we uh we went to ihop after <laughs> wow and the, wow. the um the host 
seriously looked like Aphex Twin. <laughs> really? I swear to God, yes. <laughs> Just with glasses. Really? Oh my God, that's spooky. Imagine listening to so much Aphex Twin. You're like in a music video of his and it's like, you might die. You know, you're in like the window looking mm. music video all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen that video, look, Troy? Look around. Me? No, but um, oh my god, it just reminds me. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the 2005 music video. Just like you look around, everyone's Apex Twin, and you're just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, it's uh some wild shit for sure. That's a weird music video because it's just like it's a bunch of different Apex Twins, but some of them have like bikinis on. One of them is like a pimp. It's like really odd, and it's like this like scary mask of him. And I think around yeah, around like the 2000s and like 1999 and that kind of stuff, late 90s is kind of when he started to like show his face and like start to do some weird stuff with his image essentially. But um when he started early on, like with Selected Ambient Works One, it was like, you know, nobody really knew exactly who this guy was exactly. He didn't do too many interviews. He didn't do too many like I don't know. He was just kind of in the shadows, but he was still making his music. And then you have Selected mm-hmm. Ambient Works Two, which goes even more into the shadows. It's more of a traditional ambient album. Because Selected Ambient Works One is like it's barely an ambient album. Would you say would you say that's fair? Uh Fixed One Official? Yeah, I mean I feel like it's, I feel like you could maybe now say that it is ambient music specifically because he called it ambient music, Yeah, but it's, it's definitely not traditional, you know, like Brian Eno-esque, mm-hmm. um, but Selected mm-hmm. Ambient Works is much more straightforward ambient and it's like two and a half hours in length if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's huge. Okay, so... Do you guys know, is this like, I mean, I guess I don't know if anybody really knows. Um, he said that like 80% of the tracks on Selected Ambient Works 2, mm-hmm. um, he made like while lucid dreaming, he would sleep for 20 minutes, create a melody, and then recreate it with his instruments. Yeah, I believe that is true because there was like an MTV interview later on. For some reason, MTV is like the only interviews you could find, which is odd. Because MTV used to be like sick, but um, anyway, mm. yeah, like he, that's that was a thing that he would do. He would participate a lot in lucid dreaming. He didn't really sleep very much. He would sleep for like thirty minutes, like a day, like like what you said, where he slept. Like he would just he wouldn't do that in increments or anything. He would like literally be up for twenty three hours and thirty minutes, and then sleep for thirty minutes, and then most of those thirty minutes he was like, yeah, dreaming up new music to to create essentially, which is really odd. Damn. Yeah, I mean, it's really odd, but it makes sense to me. It, it kind of felt like a, a dream. Like at least that's what for me. Like he, when he really switched the sound up between um, the uh, selected ambient works eighty five ninety two to yep. like the to number two. Like it does feel like a very lucid, dreamy, and um, yeah, I, I like you were saying before. Like I felt like the first one, like it wasn't really like the ambient music. Mm-hmm. It's had a little more of the electronic like dance beat just a little bit yeah but yeah i feel like selected ambient works volume two is like when he really fine tunes like his um his ability to like make ambient music and you know like it, it kind of reminds me of like um like when kanye did um call dropout and like how like it was like rap but it wasn't like rap at the time mm-hmm. you know what i mean like he kind of flipped it on its head and right. i feel like that was kind of like the select ambient works oh i see what you're saying like he came out of the gate and it wasn't exactly like what you think traditionally is rap music or something and Mm -hmm. people probably laughed at it or something and same with you know to a degree and then people also probably laughed at like the selected ambient works thing like being like oh this is not even an ambient album 
and it's like mm. he it kind of is yeah. and it kind of isn't like he's he's his whole persona kind of is like unknown his motivations it, or like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you, you never know if he's like doing this to like revolutionize the game or he's doing this to troll people or maybe like the, mm-hmm. I, I I like to think that he came out with works eighty five to ninety two as like a troll, and then people made fun of him. So he's like, okay, let me make the greatest ambient album of all time then, <laughs> with yeah. with the second yeah, one. That's a good comeback. According yeah. to Pitchfork, at least it, I I believe they made a list um a couple of years ago and they put it at the very top. Uh, not that I care about Pitchfork, you know, fuck them or whatever, but like, you know, it's a that's good still that's cool, you know, that's a distinction. I feel like mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, not it caring about Pitchfork when Donda came out. Sorry to cut you off, Troy. Oh, what did you say? No, you're fine. <laughs> Donda, yeah. Well, did you uh, disagree with uh, their Donda review? Yeah, I felt that, well, when they gave Certified Lover Boy a higher score than Donda, I was like, you, I cannot trust a single thing that yeah. this fork writes <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah, Donda is so much better. I mean, it does have some like messed up production stuff, and it's it it does sound hollowed out a little bit. The curses aren't there, whatever. It's like kind of like an incomplete, like weird album. But like, yeah, Certified Lover Boy is like the I mean, definition of like a product. It's like a fucking pack of gushers, but like they all taste like farts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And like Donda, like I feel like I'm always finding myself going back to that album. And with like Certified Lover Boy, I like listen to it. I mean, just for the pod. And then, like, after that, I, like, never went back to it. Like, I'm like, I, I really just don't care about it. Yeah. Even when he d- did the, the performance with Kanye, like, for the Larry Hoover thing, he looked dumb compared to Kanye. I mean, he was doing, like, all of his shit, you know? And, like, e- even he did Donda, too. And that sounded way better than uh, anything off Certified Lover Boy. Yeah. It was a cell phone. I feel like him even participating in that whole event. But um, <laughs> but this era of Apex Twins' career that I'm about to get into is a little bit more murky for me um, personally because I don't. I, this is like my least favorite of his al- his studio albums, at least. Um, the I care because you do. Um, LP. Really? Yeah, it's that's one, your least favorite. It's just because maybe I I'm not my ears. I I think I need to grow up older, as I was saying before. Like uh, my ears are not used to it. It's like it's like another Dark Souls boss where it's like I can't beat it. So I'm like I hate this boss. He sucks. His dynamics suck. You know what I mean? But once I beat him and once I conquer the album, listen to it fully, I'll probably be like, oh, this is the best one. But you know, <laughs> my ears aren't my ears and my brain aren't attuned into this type of music enough. I guess so. Maybe you can, um, as a fan of this album, you can like describe maybe the process behind it or like anything that you know about it in your research well see i am definitely very biased because this is the first like full-length apex twin project that i listened to mm-hmm. um but so this yeah. is an introductory album what age would you say um i was looking at pigeons and planes and i discovered this record my sophomore year of high school so I was okay 15 mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I heard, like, Come to Daddy, I think, when I was 14, but I never really looked more into his works. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I I saw um, Pigeons and Planes just ramping up this album, so I decided to give it a listen, and um, I didn't really get it at first, but there was always something about it that was just very nice to me. I don't know, it's, it's a little more, like, symphonic. Uh, mm-hmm. The instruments are very analog i feel like it it's very kind of avant-garde compared to everything else that he released before um well i don't know i just the the one track i cannot listen to and not because i don't like it um i just cannot listen to ventolin it's just ear piercing (laughs) sounds like a fucking knife in my ear (laughs) I'm gonna have to splice that into the audio that we're doing right now. 
Oh my god. That's the was that the one you said that they probably used the Guantanamo Bay? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's that's fair. Um so yeah. The, <laughs> this I don't know what what it is about this album. I don't know if it's like I I'm very big into covers, you know what I mean? And this is like definitely the out of all the covers, this is the least like this is the weirdest and like most like cre- creepy to me. I don't know. It's I don't know, actually I, I, a portrait like um drawn by him. Oh, wow. That's really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, that I actually I kind of like the cover. Like I liked how um, the barcode too is in front of it. Like it makes it look like that's like the back of the album. Mm-hmm. Like the album, like you're seeing it in reverse, and like you know what I mean. He's looking right at you, like looking right behind his back. It's, spook- I know, I, it's I, spooky. I, yeah, yeah, I do like it. <laughs> My favorite of his album covers. I mean, I love selected ambient works. It's so simple and it's like so mm-hmm. iconic and shit. But yeah. um, I love um, Richard D. James. Richard D. James. That album's cover is, is incredible to me. It's very, I don't know. It reminds me of that movie Funny Games for some reason. Like it's very like IKEA, but it's very scary at the same time. Like <laughs> it's very intense, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, what else? What else about this era of his career is cool? I mean, there's the hang, hanging hangable auto bulb um, EP. There's the donkey rhubarb comes out around this time. Like that's a real interesting change in style. Um, yeah, what else? Could, what else could you tell us about this era? What what, what other types of styles is he getting into? around this time would you say if you um i feel like that's kind of when he was getting into like the drum and bass maybe kind of drill and bass mm-hmm. um i don't know like, one of my favorite things actually from this era uh there's a song it's hedral that's on i care because you do but it's on the donkey rhubarb ep um mm-hmm. but it's a philip glass rendition aphex twin actually said that he hated it but uh... <laughs> oh that, that philip glass hated it no, Aphex Twin hated Philip Glass's version. He uh, also oh, he, he made said his it own. Was dated. <laughs> he rules. <laughs> he rules so hard. Um, but no, I think that it's a, I think that it's a really fantastic record. Um, especially with the tracks um, Alberto Balsam. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. a classic Aphex Twin track. Um, Moo Kid, which I don't, I cannot be certain i've always thought that idiotech by radiohead really sounded like moo kid um like maybe they recreated uh like the synths or the pad that is in moo kid and did something with it on kid a Mm -hmm. i know that tom york um, was a really big fan of aphex twin around the recording of that record so yeah i could i can only imagine i mean definitely by like the things that he would later get into Especially as you're saying, like uh, Kid A, and then I don't know, even like um, what the hell is that album? It's like King of the Limbs or something, or King of Limbs or something like that. The, I think yeah, King of the Limbs, yeah, something like that. Whatever album that is, um, that one definitely reminds me of Aphex Twin, like getting into getting far away from the guitars and like traditional drum sounds and stuff like that, and getting more into like freakish IDM type music. Yeah, I could I can imagine, and and Tom Tom York being such like an electronic weirdo, also from you know uh europe and stuff like that and more specifically like you know england and uh but yeah uh it's really really interesting era as as he continues alberto balsam is a great song donkey rhubarb is like completely off the wall unhinged um absolute banger of a track uh even though that's not on richard it's not on um i care because you do it just it was kind of like a single on the side but this is also uh and a good era to point out basically this is the first time he put his face on the cover of one of his albums so this is kind of like his sophie it's okay to cry type era or the arca self-titled 
LP era where they they kind of you know do the face reveal, which uh, mm-hmm. me and Troy, uh, as two internet pop stars, have yet to do. Um, <laughs> and this young man no in the chat with us this. also has has yet to do. He's wearing an Aphex Twin as as his face. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm actually uh, I make my own music and I wear a mask whenever I am uh, putting out shit as well. So well, like like performing it and shit, or like doing sets. Yeah, yeah. So it, it carries ah, on. Ah, wow. Okay, oh, wow. so we have. What is that? Let me. I'm gonna splice in the clip of uh, what the fuck is his name of Doctor Evil. Wow, <laughs> they're not so different, you and I. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Seriously, wow. The uh, cover the mat, the face. Yeah, yeah. We haven't uh, done it yet, but uh, one day. You know, maybe if you guys are lucky. I don't know. I kind of like the ski mask, though. I like the I like the mystery. Um, the fact that. You can just say something and there's no consequence. It's nice. It is really nice that that people can't, you know, insult my face as a rebuttal to me, you know, uh, giving the Young yeah. Lean album a D plus, which I'm, which I will do. <laughs> 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 it's nice that people can't go, oh wow, well that's great. Well, you live here. This is your last name. Blah 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 blah. blah. You know what I mean? Da da da. Yeah, yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Because people on the internet will just fucking talk to you i might honestly keep it my identity secret i mean it's not even really <laughs> secret like if we had people I, I say this pretty much in every podcast every episode i say this all the time you can easily take you know the eyes of my face the nose of my face my mouth my neck is probably somewhere out there you know even the size of my face you can construct like a mr potato head um creepy apex twin-esque version of my face <laughs> And it's whole. It's out there. You know what I mean? It, it's right there. I'm waiting <laughs> they, in the mail. They the code. <laughs> I'm waiting for in the mail. Please, nobody send this. But I'm waiting in the mail one day where I just open up a Riddler-type envelope. And it's just that image that I described, but, like, pieced together, <laughs> like, cutouts, you know? Too yeah. anti-art, Ryan. Riddle me this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something's in my ass. <laughs> nah, I already got the pictures on my phone right now. I'm waiting to print them out. <laughs> yeah. All I need Wait is your guys' addresses. You're waiting to send them to, send them to Gotham. <laughs> right. PD. Like, oh, wow, Ryan, you, you have such, wow, you have a really nice house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like the like bomb squad machine or something like comes into the church and I have like my phone on me, and they're like the, he's like he's guessing all the riddles perfectly somehow every single riddle he gets like just absolutely like it's like a fucking like he's like getting a hundred percent on through the fire and flames and Guitar Hero like such accuracy mm. and speed, <laughs> but they're just like he's like why, why did you give I don't know why did you give Little Nas X a D, the album was good <laughs> it's like I can't I can't answer that I can't I can't and then and, it's like you know. <laughs> yeah spoiler <laughs> no but um yeah there's just like riddle me this what is your mom's maiden yeah. name <laughs> yes. who's your fifth grade teacher oh, my... yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep talking boys i'll be right back yeah <laughs> who's your fifth grade teacher who's your oh man <sighs> but um yeah batman was a uh... it was a good movie uh, you, you watch it uh, uh mr richard no, uh, actually, I haven't. I made plans, um, but they were canceled on me, so I mm. just never... Um, well, you know, I heard that it was like three hours long, and yeah. I just didn't want to sit in a theater with a bunch of other people um, for three hours mm. straight. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's long as fuck. I mean, I, I saw in theaters, and like I was just like, 
like I think I had a pee at one point too, and like it was like halfway through, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like we can't pause it. We can't <laughs> pause it and go to the bathroom. But dude, what was it? I just saw um, everything everywhere all at once, and like it's really fucking good. Do you know who that's directed by? I've been hearing some good things about it, but I don't really know too much about it. Ah, uh, let me see. Ma, the meatloaf. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, my mom's my mom's spaghetti was burning, guys. I had to go save it. My bad. Oh, thank thank God you went to go save it. But <laughs> hang on, real fast. I, I want to look at who is the director of this. Music like of what? Such a good, I, uh, oh, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen it. I've heard good things as well. Let's see, Dan Kwan and Daniel Shinner. Shin, I don't know. Ryan, you can fix that in post. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dan Schinner. Dan Schinner. I think it's... I don't know. Good movie. But, um, yeah, we can go back to... I just was just like... like, (laughs) Such a good movie. (laughs) Sounds like some shit that, like, Missy Elliott would say. Schinner. 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 Anyway. uh, The Richard G. James album came out soon after this. And this is, like, my... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't know if this is my favorite or not i got really into this on my last um job that i was doing like i had a headphone in my i was able to have a headphone in my ear on my downtime and i was uh, i was just telling troy that um the job that i was at there happened to be like a lot of like little children like running around like like being really like annoying to their parents and shit like that and uh listening to like four and um like girl boy song yellow calcs all that type of stuff like was really like it really made sense of all the nonsense and the chaos of these children <laughs> yeah i mean hey it's what a good music does right like it uh it makes things that don't make sense make sense right (laughs) yeah pretty much pretty much i mean Aphex twin especially his music is just so like it collides with the Mm -hmm. randomness of life in such ways that it just is able to like like give it a soundtrack a proper soundtrack you know what i mean because like people are driving on the road there's a bunch of fucking people driving fast like bunch of people like if 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 you're like a point one of a second off from making this turn or something like it's a pile up waiting to happen you know what i mean everything is crazy <laughs> everything is fucking insane the world is unpredictable and fucked up and i feel like i don't know four or uh <laughs> to cure a weakling child is a really good underpinning to it would you say so uh since you created this music mr twin yeah, you know, um, you know, I just went into uh, the children's hospital and I just recorded some voices and um, <laughs> walked out. Uh, not, you know, um, actually, the Ford husband is um, actually the the way that you were just describing Aphex Twins music um, was perfect. Ford husband is kind of a track that does that for me, um, where it feels like. It feels like the monotony of life, mm-hmm. but also it just has these like fast jungle beats just coming at you like a million miles an hour. Yeah. Um, and it, it really speaks volumes to the chaos of just what it's like to be a human being living your day to day. Yeah, no, for sure. And even going back to like Selected Ambient Works, the first one. Um, the song that comes after Extal is a really good um, uh, summary of like kind of what I was saying as well, where it's just like you have Extal where it's like this is maybe it's his most popular song ever made, honestly. Like it's so recognizable. It has a real groove to it. It feels very welcoming and welcoming and, and inviting. Even it has like female vocals underneath it, kind of. 
Like it's like very like um you can sh- that's a great starter Apex Twin song and then like the next song is really not uh, a good starter Apex Twin song <laughs> at all <laughs> like it's like you know a-, a lot of people consider that even to be his best song or the best song on the album which is which is odd um even though it is really good but the song THA or THA is like ten minutes after this very melodic and groovy like again most popular most commercially viable Apex Twin song is like this song this song where it's just like this like weird ambient piece. And, uh, it's like the same beat over and over again, these like synth pads. And then these people talking about like being on a train and like the background, but you can't even really hear it properly. So it just, it just really does speak to the unpredictability of everything where it's just like, you never, again, you never know where he's going to go next. And, um, yeah, the Richard G James album is, is another one that's like, like a, a quote unquote commercially viable moment. And like, uh, you know, a moment where he's coming out of the cocoon and like becoming a butterfly kind of, but like. He's like a butterfly that's like mangled and like still people are like avoiding, you know, it's like not quite right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, I feel like this is definitely probably his most accessible album. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Cyro is a little more accessible. Um, yeah. But up to this point, this is definitely his more, his most accessible album. Um, and I think this is also maybe the first time that he was really working, uh, like making beats on a laptop mm-hmm. um, and using computer-based synths. Whereas before, I think he was working more um, like analog. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a sick, great album. Uh, I really like the Richard G. James album, um, and then a Richard G. James album rather. Uh, and you know, then we get into the drug was era or drugs era. Uh, which, I mean, up until this point, every song is, all these albums should just be called Drugs. <laughs> like the, it's like the Kick series, but just Drugs spelled differently. That should be his whole discography, honestly, because it was born out of drugs and it just sounds like drugs. But then, um, yeah, you get into the Drugs era. Uh, lots of drum and bass here. It's very sporadic. Um, it's like his, up until this point, it's his most critically panned project, essentially. Um, Pitchfork had given it like a five point something or six point something. Um, I don't remember exactly, but like, uh, really odd and this is also the time where they gave Daft Punk's Discovery like the same type of grade so I propose that Pitchfork in the same way that they revised their other grades that they take a look at this one again and, and reassess because um, the song Cox slash Bear 10 or version 10 rather I guess it would be is my favorite Aphex Twin song of all time and I think this album is really really solid from front to back and it's it's not quite accessible but it's not quite um, inaccessible you know what I mean trying to recommend Aphex Twin to. No, it's not. Um, but there are just so many ideas all over this album. I mean, I, I would compare this album to Donda in a way, and just where it's just a lot of ideas. Um, it's not really a super cohesive record, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of very mm-hmm. interesting ideas, and I'm here for all of it. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why it was so... I, I gotta maybe read that review again. I don't know why it was so panned. 
I don't know. I guess it's just so like it's not. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Pitchfork and all these sites they love shit where it's like oh it's so experimental and it's so they're taking so many risks but it's like also like kind of like not that risky you know what i mean i don't know like like the yes. fact that yeah. the fact that they gave them um Yeezus a better grade than the money store is a good example Even, i love both those albums to death but like the money store is clearly a more experimental risky and successful album in what it does i feel like um even though Yeezus is amazing i feel like you know between the lyrics the beats and and you know the whole being a foundation for industrial hip-hop I feel like the money store deserves a better grade or higher credit or, you know, a, b- a bigger spot. Personally, I don't know uh, if you guys would agree, but I think. I think that I would, personally, I probably prefer Yeezus a little more um, just because I listened to that record first. Um, it's had a more of an influence on me as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think that money store is more influential, more important to industri- to what industrial hip-hop is now. Um, and I don't even think Yeezus would exist without the money store. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. th- that's kind of what I mean, because I know that Arca is definitely a fan of Death Grips. Like, Arca was that, and a contemporary of them as well. And Arca is a big part of um, um, Yeezus. And, and I'm not even talking from my personal taste, because honestly, in the greatest albums of all time, I would put Yeezus higher, uh, although the money store would be close somewhere in there. But like... Um, yeah, for, for, for being experimental, for taking the risks, for being influential, like, like if I was Rolling Stone or Pitchfork or any of these people, and that's, that was my consideration rather than like my personal opinion, I would probably have to put it higher or at least say like, you know, Yeezus is maybe a better rap record and overall record, but like the money store is definitely more, you you need the money store to get to Yeezus for sure. Uh, where was I going with that? I kind of feel like. Yeah, I kind of feel like these albums that take big risks and that are influential in all these different ways. I mean, Avril 14th, for example, on drugs, like like, like the Blame Game by Kanye wouldn't exist without that song. It's like really mm-hmm. um, a really beautiful song, too. And, and obviously, uh, Cock Version 10, that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like songs like that are so risky and they try so much and they succeed in so many ways that I feel like, I don't know, they should be, they should definitely be celebrated. And I feel like this album is very, like, not celebrated enough, at least. No, I I feel like the only track um, that is frequently celebrated off this would be probably Avril 14th. And um, it being sampled in Blame Game definitely has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I also, um, did you guys know that Kanye tried um, just not paying Aphex Twin? Uh, yeah, I was telling we, Troy about we, that. We were literally just talking about that, though, before you came <laughs> on. <laughs> well, when yeah, I found that, out, that I was I was just like, I mean, I, when I when I was like reading the credits, um, because I heard Blame Game before I heard Avril Fourteen, honestly, um, I saw Aphex Twin was on there, and I'm like, oh, that's so dope. He got Aphex Twin to work on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Yeah, but then I did some research, <laughs> and Kanye's team was like, it's ours now. <laughs> yeah this is mine now it's so funny because it's like not even like they're not even they can't hide it the fact that it's literally the whole song <laughs> like it's an eight minute song and you and you loop this man's pianos over and over again for eight minutes over and over yeah <laughs> if it was a one minute song or it was in like there for like five seconds or something all right maybe like you know but yeah, yeah bro. it was on for the whole chris rock outro too <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah my God, no, there's no hiding it, and um, yeah, I can't believe they just <laughs> try to steal it from him. 
August reupholster my pussy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Jada. Oh, no shit. <laughs> Slap. <laughs> Imagine the blame game with Will Smith. And it's like, it's just him talking about like him like yelling at Jada or like having fights with Jada and stuff. All right. Fucking Will I Smith heard the whole about... thing, whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> whole thing. Damn. Who, who reupholstered your pussy? Who? <laughs> Tupac reupholstered my pussy. And then <laughs> Will Smith is just outside the door listening. And it's just, he, it's his, like, oh my God. His name never gets mentioned. Oh, my God. August, August <laughs> taught me, you know? Like, August taught me. T Pain taught me. Whatever. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking of names, but Damn. never will. <laughs> never will <laughs> never will yeah. everyone else anyway <laughs> so this is around the time also he dropped the album by the tuss uh, i don't know the exact name of the album somewhere in here he released that but maybe you can also uh, m- uh mr richard G. james maybe you could also tell us about some of these different uh monikers that you've used you know blue cows uh polygon window parapill i think there's like knob twiddlers or something like that uh, maybe you can like get into some of these things Cause I don't know shit about that. That's my... uh, <laughs> yo. You might be disappointed because <clears throat> honestly, I barely know shit about this either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, I, I've I've listened to um, some of the AFX works, like the Hangable Audible. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a decent EP, and I know that he's done. Um, I know that he's done like a lot more of like remixes under some of these titles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's Polygon Window, I believe. He's got that record, um, Surfing on Sine Waves. That one's actually from 1993 and between the ambient work records. But, hmm. uh, yeah, I think that, I think that, uh, well, I, I don't even think he was going to release Drugs. Um, I'm pretty sure that he only released that because um, he left, like, an MP3 player um, on a plane or in public or something, and he released it to just so it wouldn't get leaked. Oh wow! Okay, so mm, okay, so maybe that explains why it's pinned because this is like his least manicured release, like for sure. Le- like all the other ones have such a really distinct, pointed sound to them, even though they do different things. I feel like this album is just so much more. It, that makes a lot more sense. It, it's like my iPod. You know, from yes, like, yeah. of his music, mm-hmm. pretty much. Like it's just like the best of like it's pretty much probably was that. It probably like it, it, like a different level, a level of that though. It's like yeah, this is my great, my new greatest hits, my greatest hits number a thousand. You know, or whatever. Let me just listen to this on the plane, and then like he lost it, so we had to drop it. That's pretty fucking crazy. Well, thank God he lost it. Otherwise, we might have never even gotten it. Damn, <laughs> you really missed the opportunity there to say thank God he lost it, so that we could find it. <laughs> well there you go and lost and found is a will smith album that i owned in 2002 uh that he came out with with the song mr nice guy if you guys listen to that it's very, very <laughs> I, relevant to now on the radio they be over exaggerating so blase with their lies they be aggravating me agitating me what they be waiting and hating me they be making me crazy but i be taking it patiently people be messing with me testing me effing with me i want to send a message to them teach them a lesson quickly they publicly addressing me disrespecting me heavily they better be lucky the way my blessing Calm down, Willie. I listened to that because you posted it. <laughs> He's a nice guy. How you doing? He's a nice guy. How you moment him? And then, and then it's just all—it's just a song about basically 
I'm gonna definitely splice that one in. I, I wrote the sound the sound tag already, but or the uh you know timestamp <laughs> already. But um yeah, that's a song where Will Smith basically is uh talking about how he's not a nice guy anymore and how people keep insulting him and testing him in public and he's gonna explode one day. And he never did it until <laughs> last year, which is really interesting. It only took like what, thirty years for him to explode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was on somebody who like didn't really deserve it that much because it's like <laughs> I feel like, like, how was he supposed to know <laughs> i feel like jada has made worse public jokes about will smith than chris rock made about Yo, oh i mean God. she did she did have him on the red table and talked about her entanglement with august yeah i feel like, yeah i feel like yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> like that's awful we got, the, we got the meme of will smith crying <laughs> yeah, right. The the sad will mean that we use for the the pod. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or like him smoking a cigarette or whatever. <laughs> this man is iRobot. I am Legend. You know what I mean? Men in Black, Fresh Prince. It's like, what has she been in? GI Jane, <laughs> <laughs> Madagascar, Madagascar. She's doing a live version of Madagascar, and that's why. <laughs> yeah, she should not even cut that shit. I don't want to put that in there. That's yeah. too cheap. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. The, the only the only thing that Jada has uh, come in contact. Oh god, I messed up the joke. Hold on, let me. Re- <laughs> it was it was about to get going. Yeah, the, come in contact with the, what? The only time that Jada has come anywhere close to being in anything as good as Will Smith is when she straps him once a week. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good, right? I'm gonna make that Thank at the god. Oscars next year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the one guy who would swing at you, he's not allowed to be there anymore. Yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, that's true. He can't be there for 10 years. It's going to be like jail. It's going to be like uh, Mac's dad from It's Always Sunny when he's in jail, though. And he just, like, has a picture of me and he just, like, keeps, like, staring at it and, like, you know, that kind of thing for 10 years. Because I'm going to go there every year and I'm going to make Will Smith jokes. (laughs) I'm going to somehow finesse my way there, finesse my way. I'm going to get on Euphoria because, obviously, that's the only way to get... (laughs) I guess it's the only way to be successful nowadays. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going off on a tangent, but isn't it so weird that the girl from West Side Story like was not invited originally? Like the, literally, the actress from the movie that's nominated for Best Picture, like the lead actress, not nom- not brought there, but like literally, like the entire cast of Euphoria, which is not a movie, by the way. <laughs> I, d- I do know what you mean because I don't even know who was even starring in West Side Story, but I know every single actor and actress in Euphoria. Like it's just so weird how that worked out. I know. That that's what these programs are failing nowadays because rather than like emphasize like new stars and like be like oh look look at this new great new talent you know what I mean like the Safdie brothers check them out not even nominated by the way it's just like instead of doing that instead of really focusing on what's the best talent we, we just go okay what do old people like and then what are the kids into you know what I mean what are the kids like and then they they structure their fucking award ceremony like the way that I structure some shit when I'm trying to get like two thousand likes and I just put every face of every <laughs> R pop star yeah. <laughs> The dumbest shit, like, of all time. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on. No, yeah. <laughs> They're really fucking dumb. Moving on from my Oscars tangent. Um, let's see. Um, I think we were discussing um, all of the aliases that we yes. know literally nothing about. Yes, correct. <laughs> let's go back to that. <laughs> let's see. Uh, yeah. um, Power let's, pill. That's, take, a, that's, a, that's a cool one. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> take take it away, Dice Man. <laughs> That's a sick name. I didn't know that he That's was. I didn't know that his alter ego is Andrew Dice Clay. It's pretty wild. 
Anyway, <laughs> nobody got that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, who the fuck are you talking about? You don't know like, you don't know uh Andrew Dice Clay that that like a comedian from the eighties that wore like the leather jackets and he kept going, Oh and like hickory dickory dice. Damn, bro. I'm looking him up right <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay. This guy he's extremely famous. <laughs> bro, I've I've never seen this man a day in my life. <laughs> he's excellent. Actually, I might have seen him before. Yeah. Listen to his album. <laughs> yeah, I know this guy. Yeah. Oh my god. It's- Oh my fucking god, bro! <laughs> <laughs> was he in a, like movies? He looks so familiar. He was in um what? that um fucking who's that old guy who got canceled who made a movie a year? What's that guy's name? Woody Clint Allen. Eastwood. He was <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a Woody Allen movie. Different old man. My God, this man owned the the nineties and two thousands. He did. He really did own. The, he he plays at the stand once in a while too, like comedy uh, venue in New York City. He plays. He'll do like he does like two hundred dollars shows down there because it's like so close up. And then he'll charge like six hundred for pictures and like a meet and greet after, which is just like six hundred, way Jesus too Christ. fucking much. Six hundred bucks for a picture? Yeah, that is nuts. To meet the least popular Aphex Twin uh, moniker, ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so then in in the mid aughts is when he kind of came back because in between he was making all these other things that we don't know anything about. Um, <laughs> So it's pretty much like he fell off the face of the earth. Hopefully, at this point, he stopped. He fell asleep. He took some sleep. He stopped, you know, um, going to bed every only in thirty minute increments. Hopefully, at this point, he kind of you know got some rest. You know, spent some time with the kids before he sold the Caustic Window original pressing to Notch from Minecraft. Uh, great fact that I knew in my head. I didn't. Do you I, have the username. Yeah, he sold basically this like caustic window first pressing. Uh, it's like one of his alter egos too, Notch, like the guy who created Minecraft. Oh, oh, okay. My bad. He's this is the dude who literally created fucking Minecraft, Notch, uh, Marcus Notch. Wow. Yeah. So then, I guess he had some sort of inspiration, or maybe the influx of money is like, oh, I can like make another album or whatever. I don't know. But this is when he made Cyro, and I, I mean, I'm sure other artists have done this, but. I think everybody copies this strategy nowadays where it's like a surprise release with like blimps and stuff of that kind. You know what I mean? I didn't really, I don't really remember hearing something like that done before and especially spray painting the logo on the streets. It was something that I never, that was never a thing until he did it because nowadays you see like everybody does that, you know? I think he also like the, the first announcement, um, was on the dark web, and I don't know any other artist who's done that. Oh, uh, maybe Death Grips, but yes. Um, besides them, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, that's very interesting, uh, especially for his the things that he does. It's definitely interesting for him. You know what I mean? That's like it. It, it makes a lot of sense, I would say, because he's a very secretive artist, especially on the internet. Yeah, he's truly like the Banksy of music. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, uh, Cyro, what do you think about that album? Because that, that album I didn't really get into too much until like two months ago. I really started listening to it heavily and uh, really started getting more and more, and more into Aphex Twin. And now I pretty much listen to it like every day. Uh, what do you think about that album, uh, Aphex Twin Official? Um, actually, I would say that that's like up there and being one of my favorite Aphex records. Um, uh, same. I think like Mini Pop 67 Source Field Mix or whatever. That's just like a fantastic intro, like mm-hmm. just back into it. Um, I feel like it's kind of got the classic Aphex sound, but I don't know. Th- this record, the whole album just sounds like so 
so like warm and crisp the way that it's mastered. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And the fact that he's got his vocals on the first track, I mean, I don't know what the fuck he's saying, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that where he's like, That's, is that like that? Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, in the bottom. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's weird. It's weird that he reverted back to, like, the classic Apex style, too. Like, um, stylistically and music, like you're saying, but also, like, with the cover. Like, you know, he stopped showing his face, pretty much, and then he's back to almost, like, the Saws, um, kind of, like, just, like, the logo, pretty much, and maybe, like, the name of the album. Um, I think that's really interesting. It really does bring it, like, back to business, as usual, and I don't know. I really love this album, too. Um, P-A-P-A-T-4-155 Pineal Mix. That's probably my favorite on the album. I really like um, uh, 180db underscore 130 as well. Uh, Product 29 is really great. Um, even Exodus Eve. That one I, I had put on hide for a while just because I wanted mini pops back to back with Product so much. But uh, Exodus Eve is fantastic as well. And it, it definitely reminds me of Selected Ambient Works in that it goes from a like the the big single essentially or like the most commercially viable song on the whole record to like the least commercially viable, most expansive and like least melodic kind of song on the whole album. Uh, it definitely goes back to that kind of style for me. Yeah, it kind of makes you think that he like modeled this off of selected ambient works 85 to 92 a little bit. Like this is this is what that album would sound like maybe like 20 years later. Um, yeah, exactly. Christmas Eve though, is, that's probably, uh, that's going to be one of my favorite tracks on the entire record. It's, uh, there's just something like, going on like every five seconds which is one of the reasons that i really love apex twin so much you know there's constantly a new element being added being taken away um mm. no seriously especially like with the um, yeah xmas eve because like because i was listening uh, to this album like when i was working and like it just felt like the whole day just flew by because i just listened to this track like maybe five times and i was like wow like this is <laughs> like such a good way to like like you'd like productive music i can't even talk it's a really good way of like being productive like th- this music is just so vibey and just so like 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 ryan was saying uh, in our last podcast that like apex twin is like eating like potato chips of music where like you just want to keep on eating them and eating them and just keep playing them and playing them and like you don't even realize that like you've just been listening to something that's been pretty sweet yeah and by the end of it like especially if you're a new listener like troy or like even like even to me for syro like listening to this is the first time like a month ago like nothing stuck with me but everything stuck with me at the same time you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly it's very impressionable um even though you like you don't even realize it and then like it comes on again yeah. you're like oh my god like this song's pretty sweet yeah because the song titles are so anonymous right it's like product 29 4 bit 9d it's like almost like it's almost like he wants you not to memorize these song titles or say them out loud and but it's just mm. like once you're like what the fuck is this song i forgot i forgot what this song is and you click it and you're like oh that song that has the really cool synth pads in it or oh that has the really charged up like drum pads in the background or oh that has like those the girl calling the other girl like a whore <laughs> in a british <laughs> accent right you know it's like i it's really like it, it makes you want to keep diving back in and back in and like you know eventually i guess you get fat off of apex twin you get fat off potato chips <laughs> you know <laughs> mixing my metaphors a bit here but yeah that's kind of how it is yeah yeah like i i seriously uh I mean, I'm I'm much better with um, album titles just in general than song names, but uh, I mean, it is literally impossible for me to remember most of the song names, especially on this record or Trucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that kind of adds a little bit of 
that's kind of the mystery of Aphex Twin, you know. I I know that he said specifically in an interview that he doesn't think people should be talking about electronic music, and here we are doing a whole <laughs> podcast on it. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that is such a that's such a fantastic record, and I mean, even the cover, I I love that kind of like that kind of like neon is. Is that neon? Is that yellow or green somewhere? Yeah, it's like um, yeah, it's, it's like, like a, a tennis ball. Yes, like it's like a shade s- down of a tennis ball. Yeah, it's like slightly yes. softer than neon. It's not like fucking glowing in your face, but it's like right there. Yeah, I agree. It's a great cover. It's like lime green, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I step down <laughs> <laughs> even. Yeah, lime yellow. You know, just a good lime yellow color. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sweet. Um, Sierra mist color. Yeah, <laughs> like going back to the junk food. Yeah, it's like Sierra Mist exactly. It's like McDonald's Sprite. That's what listening to his music is like. All of it. <laughs> All of it is like McDonald's Sprite. Oh, um, but yeah, I love I love his music so much, and um, I, I don't know. It's like it, it really is like Twin Peaks, where it's like it's it, it wards you off at first, or like Dark Souls, or any of these things where it's like really great, and it's great after you continue to hack on it and continue to like work at it and continue to like really put the time into it and like look at the lore as you're saying like you're giving us all these fun facts and it, it really recontextualizes everything every single time you hear it in a different in a different way as with mgk <laughs> you know the complete opposite of afx like you get everything right away <laughs> you know there's no nothing to read into nothing to see here you know move move along and it's done you know very different types of music that we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. know maybe she would come up. <laughs> he's Always. very perplexed. <laughs> he's, he's a perplexing human being, you know. <laughs> Both, uh, which one? Apex Twin or MGK? Both? I don't know. I'll let the viewers decide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or listeners. No, but, um, no, it's, yeah. It's just so funny because, like, yeah, Machine Gun Kelly, like, now I'm thinking about it, like, yeah, I can't even go back to that album either. Like, e- like even though it's gonna be on every single radio, like ever. Actually, you know what? I, I retract that because like I-, I was listening to the radio the other day, and they're still playing his old music <laughs> instead of the new album. <laughs> so I think like everybody just fucking hates that album. I swear to God, I never fall in love. <laughs> I hate that song. <laughs> oh man, who, yeah, who hasn't I, fallen in love with an emo girl? <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> His voice is just so weird and raspy and like, oh god, it's so late. It's so late to the party. Like he should, <laughs> he should have been making this music like when Warp Tour was like at its peak. Like, like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He should have dropped it the day after that. Um, that what is it? When we were young was announced. Like he should have dropped it right then and there, and then he would have, everyone would have been like, I love this. Well, album. earlier than that, Troy. I mean, not even <laughs> earlier. No, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like I'm saying, in like 2004 and shit, like when that music was actually popping off, like he should have instead of doing like what, the song Wild Boy, he should have just like, why didn't he do that back then? I don't know. Because he was like 12. I, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> well, that music was popular when he dropped Wild Boy. Wild Boy is from like 2011, 2012. That was like his debut. That's like a a, a walk of flock That's of like flame six years later. rip off. Yeah, but that music was still popular. Is what I'm saying. Like a day to remember was still mm. popping off, and like Paramore was still um, at its height. You know what I mean? That kind of shit. Like th- that kind of music. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. He, instead of coming out and being a rapper, a uh, white boy rapper, um, he should have been. I don't know, whatever. But he he does have a penchant for like young girls and stuff, especially back in those old interviews. So I feel like if he was in that genre, he would he would have totally 
uh been done some weirdo shit because <laughs> i feel like <laughs> that era yeah. the warp tour era is like a real like untalked about um era for <laughs> predators uh like brand new blood on the dance floor uh stuff like that but anyway i digress um <laughs> <laughs> apex twin, <Damn. laughs> twin. computer controlled acoustic instruments part two uh <laughs> really really interesting uh ep um uh, do you know anything about this this record man uh, is this is this really computer controlled acoustic instruments and is there is there a part one honestly i i really don't fucking know what this album is um like I, i've listened to it multiple times i just i'm very confused about i i, I kind of thought that he put it out as just um i don't know to to be sampled by other producers mm. uh it kind of gives mm. off that vibe to me um it's an odd but one but i don't know it it really is very stripped back and does not make any sense in comparison with anything else in the apex catalog yeah although yeah rarely rarely do things make sense when it comes to apex twin it, it's, mm-hmm. it's just he's he's such a strange fucking guy because it's just like it, like Cyro is like the one for them record and it's like that album is so like it's not that it's inaccessible it's just so weird yeah, his standard for like what the public needs to have or like the public like like what gets what gets advertised to the public essentially compared to like what he does for himself is like such so jarring like between Cyro which is like weird it's a weird album to anybody that you show it's weird but then like computer controlled acoustic instruments is like there's like five layers of explaining you have to do to get there and it's like so like repetitive and so machine like it's almost like he basically like i don't know it's like a weird like contemporary art experiment or something like it's like it sounds like he made some sort of a fucking machine and he just recorded it for a half hour like on some microphones whatever at like a at like the moma or something it doesn't even really sound like proper music it's very odd I mean, he probably did that. He's been making his own instruments since he was, like, 12 years old, I think. Mm. That's kind of mm. why he... I feel like that's probably part of the reason that his sound is so much different from really any other electronic artist. Even people that try to imitate him and don't do a good job at it. They still don't sound like Apex Twin. Um, yeah, no, exactly. No, I I agree. It's but but true. You were saying with MGK, he couldn't put out a pop punk record at twelve, but Aphex Twin can create his own synthesizers at twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, I mean, put it like that. I mean. That's the difference between boys and men, I guess. <laughs> between the Apex Twin and the Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, man. Yeah, but yeah, this. <laughs> let's see. When you guys are talking, I actually listened the whole thing um, already. It is weird. <laughs> oh, you gave it a listen to. Yeah, a little bit. I, I I was like, "What's this eight second song?" And I'm just like, "It's it's it, I don't even know how to. Even, it sounds like a ringtone. Like it sounds like somebody's <laughs> like like phone alarm. What's the name or of the something? song? <laughs> it's like disc odd one underscore twelve. Um, but yeah, that that's a strange EP. I remember walking around Fairfield and listening to that, and just like when I was in my like. Not my incel phase. I talked about this a couple of times. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Excuse me. I've talked about this a couple of times in the pod. When I was in my like, I, I mean, I like the the definition of an involuntary involuntary celibate in like the most like, what do you call it terms? Like the most like literal terms. 
Like I was trying mm-hmm. to do stuff, but like it wasn't, I couldn't do it. So I was a little bit like involuntary. Like that's it. Like I wasn't in like, oh, like I, des- I deserve it. Jordan Peterson. I was actually listening to Jordan Peterson at the time. So maybe I was like oh, he- headed there. Man. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Who, uh, who are you? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I would, <laughs> I don't even know I'd be listening, I'd be walking around listening to the computer controlled acoustic instruments part two. And that's probably why I, I um, was an insult, you know? Definitely was. You're just like, how come women don't like this? And it's like, bong, 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 like in my ear. <laughs> bing, bong, bing, bong. <laughs> Sometimes that was in my ear, and then and, and my other ear was like, traditional family like needs to stay intact. And then it's just like, bong, 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 like in the other ear. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like wearing vineyard vines to like fit in with everybody. But like, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm listening to this like screwed up music and stupid guy. Yeah, my my shit. I didn't. I yeah. I had an identity crisis and I didn't even know it. I was like eight. I was like a fixed twin. <laughs> I had like thirty different <laughs> styles and names simultaneously. That's probably why I had no friends. Anyway, <laughs> the cheetah EP. <laughs> Another weird one. <laughs> no, yeah. Let's go back to the therapy session. Um... <laughs> fucking hate the cover of cheetah ep yeah it's ugly <laughs> for the longest time i actually did not even really like this record and i think it's simply because i hate the cover so much <laughs> um but i was listening to it this weekend and i was like this is low-key kind of tight so uh i guess i don't know i don't i don't have any like i don't have a lot to say about this record because i feel like i haven't listened to it enough but it's definitely good. Um, I'm a bigger fan of the Collapse EP from 2018, though. I never actually gave that one a listen, but Troy was reading through the Wikipedia page with me, and we found an interesting fact about Adult Swim, that he wasn't able to premiere it, essentially, on Adult Swim because it didn't pass some, like, test, like a seizure test, yeah, essentially. It, it failed the, the Harding test, which is, like, the test they do to make sure, like, it doesn't, like, give people seizures, like, when they watch some, like... Like the music video. The strobe lights. Of it. Yeah, like the music video. Okay, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it didn't pass... <laughs> It's only available to watch on YouTube. <laughs> watch oh. your own risk. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to pull this up. If I start seizing right now, Troy, um, I guess we're going to lose the episode. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm recording. You do have the recording. <laughs> yeah, let me hit record. So if I, yeah, I'll, yeah, maybe I'll text you my password just in case. Uh, I'll try and go sideways, um, you know what I mean, and clear the room of... I have a lot of obstructions around here. With seizures, you're supposed to make sure you clear a space. But that's just not gonna happen. Anyway, no collapse. Well, you Apex, know, twin sacrifice for your art music. But yes, for my anti-art. <laughs> Which one is it? One. Oh, here we go. Oh, I remember this music video. I've seen this before. I'm not gonna listen to the music. Is it the T69 collapse? I believe so. Okay. Yes. Oh, that's a. This is cool looking. Yeah, this is odd. Okay. Yeah, I can see this causing seizures. It's like very like. Let me describe it. I would love to describe it to the listeners right now, but I think the best thing you can do is just look up T69 Collapse on YouTube because if I tried to describe this to you, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's a lot of coding and it's like making stuff. Like it's like the, it's like the Matrix almost. Like the source code is like creating like mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed ass like buildings and shit. Like, you know, you know what kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of um, like, you know, when like in middle school and you had like the, the library computers. Yeah. And then like you let the screensaver go. <laughs> yeah. And then like it's like a mouse like going through a maze. It's like that, except it's like mixed in with like some real life photos and code. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. And it's like, don't get and str- something. And it's like, by the time you try and read the message, it's like gone. Um, the code. 
It's not like binary code. Yeah, I can I can see this causing seizures. The background, it's like keeps lighting up in different ways. Let me listen mm. to this music a little bit. The background sounds good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. Apparently, yeah, it was one of the reasons why it didn't like premiere on um on Adult Swim. Yeah, this but song like, is pretty sick, it, actually. It, yeah. I should have listened. Yeah, to it. A, uh, I, I played this video for my friend actually a couple months back. Um, we were smoking weed, and he he threw up on my pipe like five minutes after. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't handle it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Who makes this shit, bro? <laughs> like, he's such a fucking genius. So. This is so yeah. genius. He just like he starts off with like just the binary code, and then as you get further on, it's like a it gets more realistic looking and shit. Yeah, it kind of looks like a kaleidoscope now instead of uh, code. He's all about yeah. yeah he's just, this is just, nice. Yeah, he's a strange guy. He's just all about like um, I don't know. He's all about like sending sending little like one second like cues to your eyeballs, just to be like, wait, what's that? Hold on, and you try and go back, and then you can't find it. You know what I mean? It's just like you look at these mountains, and it looks like they're made out of meat, but they keep going back into like cement. But the cement looks like sweaty. It's like really weird. It's like unsettling, you know. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very unsettling, but I can't stop looking away. It's I know it's interesting. I want to keep watching it. Okay, now it's collapsing. It's hence the tea. And now it looks like an anus. And now it's a city. <laughs> now it looks like bayonetta. Now it's an anus again. That's what I'm saying. It like it's like wait, hold on. What is that? Is that a booty hole? And then it's just like it's not. It turns into something else. What the hell? He's such a fucking weirdo, bro. And then it turns into the Apex Twin logo for a second. And now it's some light show. You ever, uh, Apex Twin Official, uh, have you ever seen Xavier Renegade Angel? No, I haven't. What is it? Oh, it's a great show. It's an Adult Swim show. It's basically like this like guy who looks like a bird. And he's like a spiritual like bird or whatever. And he walks around and he just like says all these weird phrases. And the world around him like keeps like turning into different shit as he talks. It's uh, really odd, but the animation from this looks like that. Reminds me of that. Hmm. But uh, anyway, I guess back to back to the not watching stuff. Um, yeah, I guess we're at the end of the Aphex Twin career. Um, as you know, Aphex Twin official. Uh, what is what is Richard G. James getting into nowadays? Is he? Oh, one before before you answer that, he sold. He was the first of like the more famous uh, NFT sellings. I think he sold an NFT for like. A lot of money uh like half a mil or something like that or like a million dollars did um, you really yeah oh recently uh let me see uh, before you before you get into what's going on maybe more credit card information uh i can look up the nft apex yeah Twin. oh yeah okay not that much 128 well actually a lot 128 k <laughs> wow yeah one hundred twenty eight thousand dollars. that's not bad <laughs> pretty fucking good i don't know what he sold let me see we should just sell nfts oh i see it uh, i mean this is like one of the cooler nfts <laughs> this is when nfts were first dropping and they were like really skilled mm-hmm. and like cool. they're actually art yeah like makes his face but it's like um it's like a bunch of lasers um this is really cool yeah this is like something and it and honestly 128k as compared to like these other things it's like makes a lot more sense like this is worth this is definitely something i would buy as opposed to like a board eight if i was doing speculative angel investments like I would buy this. Why the fuck would you buy a board eight? Yeah. Jimmy Fallon yeah. said to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> you didn't see him in Paris? They, they had such a good time together talking about their board apes. <laughs> <laughs> Made me feel left out. 
man. Yeah, the board apes. And everybody <laughs> clapping, too. The audience was definitely not forced to clap. The audience was clapping, man. They, they gave it a standing ovation, just like Will Smith <laughs> after he slapped the shit out of uh, Chris Rock. Will Smith slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's standing ovation. Like ten minutes later, <laughs> uh, I'm still. You know, I guess we could probably wrap it up. Yeah. Again, uh, w- um, what do you got going on in your life right now, Mister uh, D James, Mister Mister Cows, uh, Mister Twin? What's well, going on? I'm thinking about releasing this uh, Alvril 14th 2.0 EP. We got Eve's Tumor, Echo 2K, and Blade featured on. Whoa. We got the slowed and reverb version, the slowed and reverse version, the ten minute version. Richard's version. Richard's version. Yeah, Richard's version. <laughs> Richard's version. All too well, Richard's ten, version. All too well. Ten gonna, minute long. <laughs> gonna release, re-release all of the Drux tracks, Richard's version. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what else? Nah, yeah. Um, I, I feel like I've, I've created some lore with this page. Um, some extra Aphex Twin lore. Mm. And... It's kind of crazy because although I do have parody in my bio, a lot of people still think that it's me. Um, <laughs> it's just, you, Richard. <laughs> that's me, Dick Dick James here. Nah, um, but yeah, I, I seriously woke up to a DM today. It was uh, somebody telling me that they have a theory that I actually am Richard D. James, um, just pretending to be a parody account of Aphex Twin, just mm. to fuck with the public. Um, it's an interesting theory. I feel like yeah. you can lean into that more. <laughs> I <feel so>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw your post on. Um, it was a screenshot of Reddit, and they were just like, "Is um, the ad uh, Aphex Twin official Instagram account? Is it fake?" <laughs> <laughs> They had asked the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I saw that uh, my account made it onto Reddit, I was like, that was just a, one of those moments. Like, we made it, boys. <laughs> I, I feel like like if he starts teasing certain stuff or, like, you know, if he does the blimp thing again, I feel like what you should do is clear your account and then just really, like, dig into it. You know what I mean? I feel like... <laughs> Change the profile picture to like a black photo or something. Yeah, and just start, start like posting the things that he posts, or like like yeah, change your profile picture to like a date that he drops or something. Like something. I feel like you should. I feel like you could really, a random date. I feel like you could really write off of like an Aphex twin. Like seriously, I feel like you could really like write off like an Aphex twin, um, like release schedule or like release cycle or something, just by pretending to be like a guy reflecting that stuff or like or like oh my god is that really him like he just made it he just made a new account on instagram you know it's not verified yet if that makes sense you know yeah no i i really i really think that uh that i could do something like that um i mean i'm, I'm almost at 10k now i seriously just made this account as a fucking joke and uh <laughs> it's really taken off from here um yeah we got uh I'd say that there's there's some new effects in the works. Can't really talk too much about it on the podcast, you know. I got to keep it cool and mysterious, but yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You're you're sleeping for 15 minutes at a clip now. It's really ramping up. More like 10 these days. <laughs> yeah. Kick six <laughs> coming out later this year. Damn. All right. Well, I guess that's I guess that's it for Aphex Twin official. 
I'm gonna uh, every time I say AFX twin official, I'm just gonna like I'm gonna go back and like um what do you call it? like deamplify when I say official. So it, just, <laughs> so it just sounds really low and like you can barely hear it. So that way I can't get sued. I don't know. How, how should we market this? Should I put the Apex Twin interview? Like, I don't know. I was thinking like anti-Apex, anti-Fex podcast. I don't know. Ooh. I like the anti-Apex, actually. Yeah, I think I might go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> Apex Twin official. <laughs> I, I think one of my greatest trollings was um, saying that I had an ARCA interview. Because it was so plausible, too. Because it was like... I believe that shit. I <laughs> yeah. believed it. Dude, I, I believe that shit. I, uh... <laughs> Everybody was sending me congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i remember i was just like because because like we were talking about your trip to mexico and you were just like you're like yeah arca's gonna be there and like possibly like having an event with her or meet her or whatever yeah and i'm just like all right let's see it and then you're like i got it i was like what <laughs> yeah well i was yeah I, I talked about this before on the podcast so since it's, since it's not gonna happen i won't name the agency involved i won't name any of that but we were supposed to set up um down in mexico a uh like a side thing with um with arca being the headliner and the company had actually gotten her and i was gonna basically like i've dj'd before but i haven't done that kind of djing i was gonna learn how to dj really well so that i could basically be like the maybe like the fifth in line opener so it was really close to happening like like razor thin close um but uh eventually it fell through sadly uh that would have been a really crazy moment for me if i was if i was able to open for arca that would have been would have been wild. That would have been intense. That would have been really <laughs> scary. <laughs> she would listen to you, DJ, and be like, "Damn." <laughs> I had this dream one time where um, I met Arca like at an event like that, and um, I didn't know how to speak Spanish. So that's so I immediately downloaded Duolingo after that dream, and I tried to learn. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that why you did Duolingo? <laughs> yeah, I had that dream, and I got embarrassed. She was like, la- she was really cute and everything, but like laughing at me. But I was like, I was thinking I can like pivot into like her laughing at me and then us like talking. But she just like laughed at me and like was like, oh, you're silly and, American, and walked away, and walked away. <laughs> and I was like, no, I was like, I never want. Th- I was like, that'd be so embarrassing if that ever happened to me. Mm. Um, you gotta learn. Yeah, <laughs> so I learned some shit. But no, I didn't go too crazy with it. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's the anti-Afix podcast slash therapy session slash uh, John Cryer hour. Um, yeah. Uh, any any closing thoughts, boys? Anything anything to add? Anything else? Thank you guys for having me. It's been a pleasure. Um, I will keep supporting anti-art. And I'm looking forward to uh, hearing you DJ at the Anti-Art Fest later this year. Oh, yeah. That'll be very exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of pressure opening up for um, Apex Twin official on Instagram <laughs> uh, at the music festival. It's going to be nuts. Wait, Troy, do you think this man's name is Apex official? Uh, it's Apex. <laughs> Apex. Yeah. Have you been that's saying what, Apex the time? No, I've been saying Apex. <laughs> <All right. laughs> anyway. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, well, um, thanks for coming on the pod. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, Apex Twins, uh, fucking sick. Everyone yeah. should listen to it. And do you have a, do you have a song we could play us out with? Like a, um, a, a Apex Twin song that you think would be a good, good one to play us out on? What's your favorite song that we haven't mentioned? That we haven't mentioned? Uh, play Is Us off the Come to Daddy EP. Oh, okay. That's a good one. All right, cool. Uh, all right, peace out, everybody. Join us next week for whatever the fuck we have going on next week because we don't have a plan. <laughs> as soon as we get the idea. Yeah, as soon as we get the idea on Tuesday or Monday, we will record it on Wednesday night and I will edit it 
an hour before I drop it, like I always do. Um, all right. <laughs> well, <laughs> peace out, everybody. All right, cool. Uh, let me save that. And...